Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to the Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Matthew chapter 3 verses 11 through 13. In this passage, John gives us a description of Jesus, the one that is coming after him. That this man would be the one that the Holy Spirit rested upon and stayed upon, but that it would come with a purpose. That purpose being a purging, a purifying, that he would have a winnowing fan in his hand. A winnowing fan was a tool that was used to help to blow the chaff away from the wheat because it was polluted and unable to be used to make bread to feed the body. He says that he would use this winnowing fan, this wind of the Holy Spirit to purge, to purify his threshing floor. It was called a threshing floor because it was a place that the wheat was laid with a hard rock beneath it. And then it was threshed with a tool called a tribulant. It's where we get our modern word tribulation from until that wheat let go of the chaff so that the wind of the winnowing fan of the Holy Spirit could then blow and easily remove it. This is how John the Baptist described the work of the coming Holy Spirit. But you see, the thing about winnowing is that it's not a one-time thing. You don't just swing the fan once. It is a repeated process that brings about a stripping. But yet there is an equipping in this stripping. Because if this stripping never came, then the bread would never be made pure enough to be transformed into bread which of course we know has always been the representation of the body of Christ in Scripture, which is the goal for us, that we might become as he was. Remember that the apostles of the early church in the New Testament said that we are trying to obtain the perfection of walking in perfect love and all of the fruits of the Spirit, so that on the day of judgment we can have confidence knowing that as Christ was, so were we in this world. He is the bread. We are the wheat that the Holy Spirit has come to transform into the likeness of God's Son. That is the true purpose of the Holy Spirit. So today I need to help you to understand this because when you receive the Holy Spirit, it will begin a process. Just like making bread, just like winnowing, just like the threshing, none of it is a one-time, done-in-an-instant process. It's a daily following and surrender 
It's a purifying, it's a crushing, it's a crucifixion of the flesh. It's having enough faith in what Jesus said was coming to allow him to take you through the process, though it may be a crushing, to make you ready to be a part of it. Jesus is coming back, my friend, and so is New Jerusalem, and those who have put their faith in him will rule and reign with him in it. But there ain't no chaff getting in to New Jerusalem. So you're going to have to allow him to equip you for the grandeur and majesty of what he desires for you. Even if that means he's got to strip you, take you to a threshing floor, and lay you before the winnowing fan of the Holy Spirit to do it. Just follow him and trust that whatever comes, he's got a purpose. Because true biblical Christianity, this getting saved, getting baptized, receiving the Holy Spirit, it doesn't happen by some magical incantation that just instantly gives you some power or impartation. It's a submission. It's a humbling to come into agreement with the truth and that truth sets you free as you follow its leading. It's a submission to the teachings that it brings you as it leads you through strippings and wildernesses and battles and victories of mighty impossibilities. One of the greatest lessons that you'll have to learn And the quicker you learn it, the faster you'll progress through this process that you need to learn to allow and even welcome the stripping of all flesh, sin, and chaff that renders you useless to the master's plan the way that you are. Don't think that you've already caught it, that you're already there, that you're already perfect, that you need to lead. You need to learn to follow and be obedient. Remember, Paul said that he just followed Christ and some followed him as he did it because that he was a little bit further up in the process. But it was never really his goal to garner followers. His focus was always to follow Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit because he was the one who was sent to teach us and to prepare us for what's coming. And let's be honest. The perfecting of the saints is not usually so much about things we need to have added to us. It's about things that need to be stripped away. The pride, the selfishness, the excess, the materialism, the arrogance, the delusions, the wrong doctrines, the meanness, the hardness, the desire for vainglory and attention. My friend, if you want to be equipped for the mission for which you have been created pursued, delivered, set free, empowered, and instructed. And you're going to have to let him strip you of all of the chaff that's keeping you from it. Because God wants you to be more than who you are right now. You want to be more. So allow the Holy Spirit time and free reign to get you there. Yes, the process will stir you up. It's going to strip you down, toss you around, and blow things that you are used to out of your life. But if you stay on the threshing floor, you will eventually find yourself purified. And the master will pick you up and use you to become the bread, the body of Christ. 
that will then edify and help to feed others. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 tells us this, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore will purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You see, he's saying that there is a process that you have to participate in in order to be made fit to be used to the level that you were meant to be in God's kingdom. The passage continues, therefore flee youthful lust, that's some of that chaff, but rather follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. Those are fruits of the Spirit. With others who call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Because they've let the Lord strip. Because they've surrendered and submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit. But those who haven't, they're guilty of these next things that he mentions. He says, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Knowing that they do gender strifes. So those who have not submitted and surrendered themselves to this work of the Lord, they will be those who take pride in what they think they know. They will stir up questions and strifes and debates that are unnecessary to a person's salvation because they're not really as concerned about getting them saved as they are about winning the argument and making themselves seem smarter than they really are. He says, avoid this. It's fruitless. Because the true servant of the Lord, he says, must not strive but rather be gentle unto all men, willing to teach them, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. So in other words, they won't try to control or lord or manipulate or domineer. They won't be harsh or impatient, but they will seek to instruct and teach and help to grow those that are lacking in understanding even if they oppose them because the desire is to bring them to repentance that they might be saved it says that if god prevents sure he might bring them to repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they might recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will the true servant of the lord understands the deception that the lost are in, and the damnation that they are facing. So do they take the mission very serious in trying to lead them out of error into the truth unto repentance and salvation? Oh Lord, help us to understand this process. Help us to remember that we are on this journey also, but that there are others that we can help along. That we all are in our own personal wilderness. Yes, some may be further along. But if we truly are, then we ought to desire to reach out and help pull others up to where we are. Oh Lord, give us your heart. Put your spirit within us as you promised even from the Old Testament. That your truths might prevail in our lives and through us. A living testimony of the power, validity, deity, and teachings of Jesus Christ. 
we can do nothing without your Holy Spirit. In fact, one of the most profound things to comprehend when reading this passage about the Holy Spirit being given to empower us to go through a purifying process of sanctification is the fact that in the book of Acts, Jesus himself says that the Holy Spirit would come upon them to make them witnesses in Judea and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That word that was translated to witness in that passage in the original Greek text is what we get the word martyr from. In other words, the Holy Spirit was given to empower them to endure the threshing floor and the winnowing fan in his hand that comes to blow away all the useless chaff that makes us want to cling to this current existence. No, Lord, prepare our hearts for the much better one that is coming. And as you equip us to take our place in it, let us have peace with the strippings that will help us to achieve this. Lord, give us the wisdom to see the love that you express to us in your willingness to not leave us in a place of decadence and selfishness. Lord, if our comfort causes us to be arrogant, to be self-centered, to follow the leading of the father of pride, then do what you have to do, God. We thank you today that you pursue us. Lord, we thank you for all of the trials that we have been through because you went through them with us. We do not stand in our furnace of affliction alone. You are there with us. Father, we are sorry for all the times that we drug you back into the wilderness again because that we didn't learn the lesson or that we forgot the ones that we did. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being so willing to teach us and for wanting so desperately for us to make it to the destinations that you have planned for us from the foundations of the world that you are willing to be stern with us when you must. Though it's not your desire to do so as any good parent, you always want to do it the easy way, but we are so hard-headed and hard-hearted. That more often than not, even before we can be winnowed, sometimes a threshing must come. So whatever it takes, Lord Jesus, we know that there is an equipping in the stripping. And that there is a purpose in everything that you're allowing. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.